nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome so much to the show, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I am really, really excited about this show. So um, today, I I wanted to first uh, mention our sponsors, and actually one of my guests is a sponsor today, uh, Kim Evans Institute for Integrative Medicine in Louisville, Kentucky, where they make you an active partner in your care and care your healing mind, body, spirit, and soul. Kim has a new book out called Transforming Healthcare, Healing You, Me, and Our Broken Disease Care System. For information, please contact www.integrativemedicine4u.com. That's integrative spelled out, integrative medicine spelled out. Four is a number and U is just the letter. Also check out our very popular Holly Blue nurse community app which is for and about nurses at www.hollyblue.com a community where nurses thrive so today's show is called the nurse-led integrative medicine and i have three very interesting nurses with me today in the nursing world there are millions of hard-working understaffed knowledgeable passionate visionary overworked and understaffed nurses who are striving to look at healthcare and nursing in tatters and see only what can be done. I am honored to have three such nurse practitioners and leaders here today to share what they see <clears throat> as the new healthcare, nurse-led integrative medicine at the community level. They look at what needs to be, what can be, and then they go about making it happen. So Kim Evans is an APRN, and as I mentioned, she is our sponsor and the founder of the Institute for Integrative Medicine. Pam McDonald is an FNP. Uh, She's an expert and thought leader on using the APOE gene technology and to guide individuals to be appropriately fed. And Marianne Osborne, a DNP, uh, FNP is uh, most known for her breath work and some of the other things that she does at her. Uh, she's the owner of the Institute for Integral Health. So welcome. Thank you so much, all of you, for coming. Uh, Kim, could Thanks you? Yeah, you're so welcome. So Kim, uh, could you just share a little bit about yourself, like how you got into nursing and then how you got here? Yes, thank you, Leanne. So I went into nursing right out of high school. The University of Louisville had started a new nursing program, so I was very excited and thrilled to uh, be accepted there. And once I got out of nursing school, I loved the action and the um, all of the care in the intensive care unit. So after a couple years, I went right into the intensive care unit. And I worked there for many years, and then... Um, achieved my master's degree and became a critical care clinical nurse specialist. But after 15 years, I remember having an epiphany standing in the intensive care unit one day, looking around going, you know, that could have been prevented. That could have mm-hmm. been prevented. And the whole healthcare 
system I realized was totally based on disease care and not wellness or prevention. And not only that, but it was over-focused on just the physicality. We had little regard for the emotional or psychological aspects. Yet our nursing program, being a new program, was very holistically oriented. So it just seemed out of, out of uh, alignment to only look at the physical aspects. Yeah. So I knew I had to do something different, and that's when I decided to start my own practice. And the rest is history, as they say. So, Pam, yeah. can you share, share just a little about your background and then how you came to work do, doing the work that you're doing? So, um, I grew up in England, um, the south of England, and went to school in London at the Royal Hospital of St. Bartholomew's. It will turn 900 years old in um, <gasps> uh, yeah, 2023. It was where William Harvey... Um, founded the circulation of the blood. It is right smack in the middle of London, right next to St. Paul's Cathedral. So oh. it's an old institution with a lot of famous people. Uh, Elizabeth Blackwell went there and trained as a, the first woman doctor, of course. Um, so I went there in 77 and, and then finished my training and came over to the United States and worked as a nurse, bedside nurse for... Um, a while, and then became a nurse practitioner. Um, and then I went into primary care medicine, got very frustrated with what it was not a- allowing me to do, which mm-hmm. was, of course, um, not a whole lot can be done in six minutes. So I had an experience with my husband, actually, where he was diagnosed with heart disease even though he had a completely normal screening cholesterol test and had a hmm. spreadsheet to prove it over many years with his primary care. And hmm. being the person he was, he said, you know, I don't want to die of heart disease like my dad. Can you give me a test that will show me that I don't have heart disease? So hmm. we did a CT scan of the heart, and he found out he had heart disease. But this was devastating really? to him. And... Um, he, we know that 50% of people who who have a heart attack have a completely normal screening lipid panel. Now I know mm. that. Yeah. So I went looking for an answer for him because when I was a young girl at nine years old, my grandfather died of heart disease, but now my husband was faced with it. At nine, you can't do anything, but now at an older age and with all these tools in my hand and these access to everything, I found an answer and it translated into me going out and starting a different practice that is more of an integrative practice that truly gets people better and not just Band-Aids. I love to hear this. I love, love, love to hear this. Marianne Osborne, please, uh, can you share with us um, uh, a little about your background and then how you came to the work that you're doing now? Yes, thank you. So I began my path to nursing at the age of seven when I was on my uncle's farm and was involved in a tractor accident. And Mm -hmm. after that event, I was exposed to several nurses, one being a nurse who came to the house to do physical therapy and actually teach me how to walk again. And that Mm -hmm. made such an impression on me that I really, um, I think at that moment, I decided I was going to be a nurse. And I, I think it was just orchestrated that I become a nurse. 
And mm. my path led me to, a, you know, a community hospital in my hometown, and then I joined the Army Nurse Corps. And while I was in the Army uh, and had become a nurse practitioner, my father became ill and was diagnosed with a terminal illness. And so I was working in the military setting. He was getting care in the civilian setting, and I could see the flaws on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I just had this moment um, where I just thought, I either have to be part of the solution, this isn't working, or I have to, I have, to have another career. I have to do something else. I was, I, it was that large. And so um, as part of the solution, that led me to investigate um, the Center for Integrative Medicine Fellowship at the University of Arizona. And so um, I completed that fellowship and then began practicing integrative medicine and integrative health in different settings and now uh, started my own clinic on the west side of Colorado Springs uh, in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't mention before that you're all in different areas of the country. So uh, I think I mentioned Kim is in Louisville, Kentucky, and Marianne, you're in Colorado, and Pam, you're in California, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so that's really great. Um, everybody has mentioned, or we've talked a little bit about the idea of prevention. And I know that, um, Kim, you have some thoughts about prevention. That was what really spearheaded you. Do you want to say more about that? Yes, yes, because, you know, all of us were taught by our parents that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, yet only 5% of our research money in healthcare goes towards prevention. And we know that the top killers in the United States, such as heart disease, cancer, stroke, that at least 30% of all of these could be prevented with lifestyle management. So this is why I felt so blessed that Pam and Mary Ann and I's paths crossed because Pam has such a great answer to this prevention with the APOE gene. So Pam, I know you wanted to tell us more about the APOE gene and the APOE gene diet and exercise program. So, Pam, um, Pam, can you start with, does APOE stand for something? Yes. So, APOE stands for apolipoprotein E. It is a um, gene that provides a protein that is the taxi cab that transports fat and cholesterol in the body. Hmm. And so, it is a fundamental gene. It is not very, very well known for um, across... In, in medicine, period, but it is known for Alzheimer's disease. So that's where mm. it became famous. It was discovered in 1973, and then it kind of catapulted into um, medicine for heart disease first, then it was connected to Alzheimer's disease, and then it was connected to Parkinson's disease. But mm. there's between Marianne, Kim, and I, we do this every single day. We work with this gene every single day. Um, there's many more situations that it's connected to. And to make this really, really current and, and important, um, there's one type of APOE gene that is connected um, to the Alzheimer's gene, which is APOE4 gene. 
this has now been proven and, and we've got some really good information about COVID and APOE4 and how if you have what we call a gene-supportive diet or environment with inside of you, your risk drops. Wow. So, for example, if you eat an inflammatory diet and you have an APOE4 gene, you're going to express an inflammatory disease. It works with heart disease. It works with neurological disease, cardiovascular neurological disease, and also immunological diseases. So I think to be very, very um, current and relevant today, I think people should take a look at their APOE gene and say, all right, if I have a higher risk for autoimmune disease or if I have a stressed um, immune system and I have a higher risk for getting COVID, then I need to do something about that. And you can. You can go on an anti-inflammatory diet for your APOE gene and you can turn it off. And Mm. I think today it is much more important. Wow, that's incredible. And we already know there's a huge percent of the, you know, large percent of of the, uh, black, indigenous, um, people of color, and then also uh, uh, people in a poor uh, area that are not able to get food that is really healthy for them. All of those are the people that are having the most trouble with COVID. So it certainly right, makes sense right. that if we could deal with that. And, um, of course, where we need to deal with that is at the community level. We need to be having, particularly, I'm very impressed with nurse practitioners. Since I first met my first nurse practitioner, I realized that was the way I wanted to go. You know, like you said, the six minutes with the doctor, no thank you. Um, And so uh, for much of my um, uh, life after that, I have tried to use a nurse practitioner whenever possible. So... um, Marianne, I know Kim mentioned that you do what, what we call uh, nursing by nature. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yes, so I incorporate, um, Pam's talking about stress and, uh, and our exposure, and stress is an additional inflammatory, uh, you know, causes chronic inflammation. And I do think it's important for us to remind people Inflammation is the body trying to heal itself. It's, you know, if you sprain your ankle, you want an inflammatory event to happen to help that healing process start. It's chronic inflammation that gets people in trouble. And so um, we, we often forget to talk about stress as a component of, of activating the inflammatory process. So I do focus a great deal um, in my practice on on helping people with their stress. And right now, I have so many people that tell me, "Oh, I'm not really stressed. I'm, you know, I think I'm doing fine." And you have to remind them, "Okay, we're all in the middle of a pandemic." And what even before the pandemic started, in in the literature, we had coined the term super stress. So people almost have to get to a super stress state to admit to you or their healthcare provider that they have stress. Where our, our nervous system is just so used to a certain level of stress that we're not even recognize it, recognizing mm-hmm. it. Um, 
So I have worked with the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, which is an eight-week program that uh, people attend in using mindfulness meditation and also uh, KORU, K-O-R-U, which is a program that is designed originally for the emerging adult, high school, college age, but it really actually applies uh, as well to any age. But I, I, I feel like this is a component of our life that we really cannot ignore. And working with the, the APOE gene as well, um, you know, you, you find people who are at risk for um, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, and we know we're, we're, we're at the crest of, of an, you know, an, an, really an Alzheimer's epidemic or mm-hmm. cognitive decline. So we really, we could prevent, we now have research showing these lifestyle programs such as what Pam has put together can prevent 90% of cognitive decline. Wow. So we really don't have time to waste. <laughs> um, and stress is, is a piece of that. Um, and so, like I uh, have said, many people want, we need to have something, uh, Dr. Dan Siegel has coined it as flossing your brain. We, we do things <laughs> to take care of our mouth every day. We need to do something for our brain every day. Um, so... Uh, so I, I spend a lot of time helping people to practice. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to turn that off real quick. Oh. Okay. Um, so, um, so I do, that's a large part of my practice is, uh, is helping people identify their stressors and have uh, tools to downregulate their nervous system and help their, you know, which helps your sleep and your overall uh, mm-hmm. lifestyle. And it's amazing how fast you can go from zero to way overstressed uh, if you have been doing that, you know, throughout your life. It seems like it becomes a habit that it, it's an easier, quicker pathway to get to that um, maximum uh, stress level uh, when you have not learned any techniques to stop it earlier at an earlier point. So, Kim? Right. Do you want to uh, talk yeah. about that? And, and maybe all of you, just feel free to jump in and share um, uh, whatever it is that you're thinking about. Well, one so thing I think um, the stress, <laughs> component, Go ahead. stress okay. component is so important. Uh, I had a lady last week, and, you know, I asked her about her stress level, and she's like, oh, you know, it's not bad. And then she told me how she had sold her house, sold her summer house, sold two cars, Moved into an uh, elder care center. <laughs> and so, you know, I just wanted to chuckle because, oh, my gosh, she was like on a 200 on the 100 stress scale. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, but we just, we don't but, register that. And nurses in particularly, I think now the COVID nurses at the bedside are seem to be unaware um, that the symptoms that they're experiencing are normal for the stress that they're under. Anybody want to pick that up? Um, so I recently, I did a, a, a four-week class uh, for nurses at our, from our local hospital um, because they are so stressed just to provide them some tools 
Mm -hmm. um, to begin to do even a daily practice. It's not really human. um, Our human brain is is used to thinking. You know, its job is to come up with thoughts. (laughs) And we Mm -hmm. all think we're the only ones that has this (laughs) happening to them. And meanwhile, all our brains are doing this. But we really... We can, we can do some practices on a daily basis to, to help quiet that down, and then uh, that will help quiet the nervous system. And, is there something you could um, share with us here that might be able to help somebody who has been having this difficulty at work? Um, yes. So I think one of my favorite tools is one that Dr. Weil taught all three of us called the 478 breath. And we know if we, if we um, so there are really two tools. If you take three intentional deep breaths using your diaphragm, you can just in those three breaths bring down your nervous system. But you can also practice taking an in-breath to the count of four, then holding it to the count of seven, and then blowing it out slowly to the count of eight. And typically, um, on the on the eight breaths, on blowing it out, I'll have you put your tongue behind your front teeth, so it's kind of purse lip, uh, and and make a whooshing sound. So into the count of four, hold for seven, blow out for eight, and if you do that four times, that's completing one cycle, and. I can tell you it works. Um, really? It can help you get to sleep. So uh, a number of years ago, um, my brother was overseas and he had um, a serious crisis. I couldn't call him. I had to wait every day for him to call me. And mm-hmm. I would wake up at 2 in the morning worrying about him and remember to do the 478 breath and immediately went back to sleep mm-hmm. because... You're focusing on your breath, number one, um, so your your mind can't be racing off uh, across the world, and then you have the physiological change in your nervous system. So that's when I teach this to children. Um, you can do it before a talk. You can do it before a test, um, but we should practice and hopefully build up to doing one cycle four times a day. Hmm. So um, you could do this at work then. If you're working in ICU and you're dealing with COVID, this is actually something you could do maybe in the bathroom or before you walk into a room or while you're putting on your um, all of the um, gear, the PPE gear that you have to put on. Mm-hmm. So that that's a possibility Absolutely. at work even. Mm-hmm. Right. It, washing your hands in between patients. Um, you know, there are many times I think if you practice you can just use multiple moments throughout the day just to take an intentional breath. Just taking one breath with your diaphragm will will help, you know. Um, so all of these, this is a simple tool because you take your breath everywhere you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so... Never forget. You know, <laughs> the nurses, yeah, at the bedside are, here they are focusing on their patient's breathing and they can use this to center themselves and, and, you know, correct their breathing, calm their nervous system. And we know from 
quantum physics and all of us know that our presence um, with our patients is very powerful. And this does not change, you know, whether you're at the ICU or in a clinic. Um, so, so we need to use this power that we have um, just to be present, to calm ourselves down, and that will help our patients as well. That's really interesting. Um, anybody else want to talk about anxiety and any tips that you could share? Um, say your name first, too, so everybody knows who you yeah. are. This is Pam McDonald. Um, I think um, nurses have power. Um, we are the wise women of the world and men of the world. And I think we're not using our power as good as we could. Um, there is an actual um, uh, colleague of mine. His name is Dr. Doty. Um, he wrote a book. He's a neurosurgeon at Stanford, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book um, called The Magic Shop, Into the Magic Shop. Um, this is um, a neurosurgeon's journey from from not being a doctor to becoming a doctor and then being a neurosurgeon and having an ability to affect outcome based on what we want. So I encourage any nurse out there that's hearing this, go ahead and take a look at that book. It's called Into the Magic Shop by Dr. Doty, and he's a neurosurgeon at Stanford. So, And that will kind of give you some insight into who you are and maybe start an exploration of where you could possibly go within your skills and gifts and how you could make change in your day. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also another um, opportunity that I'd like to um, direct nurses to. Um, There's something called Inner Engineering by Sadhguru. Um, this is a, um, an, uh, a process and a program that you can take. It, he's offering it completely free to nurses, doctors, anybody in the healthcare field. Um, if you go to innerengineering.com, you can sign up for this program and you can do this program. It's actually, I think it's seven sessions that are 90 minutes and then there's a um, one live session that um, you do with him. And I can tell you, um, all three of us do it, um, and it has changed my health significantly. So that's something that you can actually take um, and take a look at those two things and see what you think. Um, it takes about that's- 21 minutes to do this process that you will learn how to do, and it will definitely arm you with a lot of tools to be able to really take care of yourself and then to be able to create and take care of your work also. This sounds like a good place to uh, take a break here. And um, so I think that we will do that and then we'll be back in just a couple minutes. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer and I'm here today with three very um, wonderful nurse, nurses who have gone to the next step in their nursing level to be able to actually be uh, integrative uh, medicine practitioners. So our topic today is nurse-led integrative medicine and my guests are Kim Evans, 
who is the founder of an Institute for Integrative Medicine, Pam McDonald, who is uh, a founder of the Penn Scott Medical Corporation, and Marianne Osborne, who is the owner of the Institute for Integral Health. And we have been having some very interesting conversations here about what are some of the internal things that are um, available to us to change anxiety in the moment and uh, create a better health for us going long term. So we will be back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. WomenInHealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020 womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Hey nurses, what would you say is the hardest part about being a nurse? Well, most of you would say it's putting everyone else's needs before our own, which means not enough time for self-care. And this is why Holly Blue has created a peer support and community app just for nurses, so you can take care of you. Holly Blue is the ultimate nurse app to help you connect with local nurses, organize your nurse life in one place, restore your love for nursing, and empower you to thrive in a field that needs you. Want to see how it works? Student nurses, nurses, and retired nurses can download this free app on the App Store Google Play Now. Just type in H-O-L-L-I-B-L-U or go to hollyblue.com to start connecting. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and we're having such a great conversation today. I want to get right back into it. Um, Our topic is nurse-led integrative medicine, and my guests are Kim Evans, who is the founder of the Institute for Integrative Medicine in Louisville, Kentucky, Pam McDonald, who is the founder of the Penscott Medical Corporation in California, and Marianne Osborne, who is the owner of the Institute for Integral Health, and she's in Colorado. All of these people can be accessed uh, on uh, over the internet. So we were just talking about uh, nurses and their anxiety, and I feel like my anxiety for the past year has been almost 90% worrying about nurses and realizing that the exhausting um, 
uh, work that they are doing, where it's day after day after day of the highest level of uh, their skills and working with patients who are dying. Uh, in the beginning of last year, we didn't even know what to do for them. So um, who would like to start there and just say your name and, and then what you'd like to say? This is Kim. And one of the things I'd like to say is that so many times as nurses, we just want to jump in and take care of everyone else. But, mm-hmm. you know, even on the airplane, they say you have to put on your own oxygen mask first before you put yes. it on anyone else. So we've got to, as nurses, take care of ourselves. And let's face it, when we're stressed, maybe we don't make the best choices of what we eat or what we drink, yet those are the critical times that we must fuel our body in a healthy way. And so, you know, every day I hear not only nurses, but patients talk about, oh, yeah, my doctor told me eat a healthy diet, but what is that? Mm -hmm. And then we get into fad diets like the keto diet or um, paleo, and for certain genotypes, these will be disastrous. Mm -hmm. So maybe Pam can speak a little bit more about how important it is to take care of ourselves by eating a healthy diet. That'd be great. And Pam, you have a book out. Can you talk just a little about that and then um, go from there? Yeah. um, So um, I wrote um, the APOE gene diet book first. It's an integrative medicine program in a book. And then I published it with Hay House. um, And it's now called The Perfect Gene Diet. It's not a diet. It's a program and a process. So we have the APOE gene program online, which anybody can do it all over the world, and we have people come to us from all over the world. Um, But really what it is, it is looking at your own genetic expression of how you, the individual, transports fat and cholesterol. Now, there's three different types of the gene. Uh, The two transports like a Porsche, the three moderately, and the four, the taxi is a little bit broken. (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't clear fat and cholesterol like the threes and the twos do. So when you're looking at that information, and this is a fundamental gene, it's the gene that transports fat and cholesterol in the body. So it affects everything. Now, if you look at one cell, just one cell in the human body, and we've got billions of them, how do you keep that cell at ease? If you keep one cell at ease, then you keep one billion cells at ease. The human body will be at ease. But what needs to happen? People think about diet as, oh my gosh, which one do I need to go on? Uh, It's super confusing, so I, I won't go on any. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to manage this human mechanism, which is the most sophisticated machine on the planet. And thinking about one cell, just one cell, How do you keep it at ease? Well, the human body is made up of 72% water, 12% food or earth, 6% air, 4% temperature, and the last 6% is space. Now, you don't need to manage the space, but you do need to manage the other four. So managing your fluids, 72% of you, is water. Most of the time... Are we drinking too much coffee, too much tea? Mm -hmm. Are we not drinking for 12 hours because we're doing a 12-hour shift? Um, Mm -hmm. Are we going home, picking something up from the supermarket and going home and grabbing a glass of wine? That 72% 
most of the time is not 72%. So we've got to think about that, which is the biggest part of you. If you just manage your fluids a little better, you could have an incredible shift in your health. Think huh. about that one. Now, 12% food. So between 72% water and 12% food, that's 84% of you. If you wow. just recognize a space, that can mean 90% of you is, becomes healthy. Having a breathing technique to deal with the stress that Marianne has talked about, and then managing the energetic part or the temperature part, which is actually the fire of the body, right, which is mm-hmm. exercise. So mm-hmm. managing the fluids, managing your food based on your individual APOE gene, managing your breath and exercising, and then recognizing having some kind of meditation, prayer exercise, or prayer exercise, you will manage completely the human body. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Does that feel overwhelming? Yes. No. <laughs> it does to me. But, and that's just where I'm coming from is, is keep going. Sorry. But if you just think about, <laughs> can I drink better? Can I eat better? Yes. Can I do yeah. a breathing technique? Can I exercise? And can I do some kind of meditation? That's not overwhelming. You could shift your health completely by just doing a few things. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the APOE gene, 10% is the APOE2 that requires a very, very high fat diet. About 60% is the um, 3-3. And then a third of the population, or close to a third of the population, carries an APOE4, which is connected to aggressive heart disease and Alzheimer's disease. You think we have an obesity epidemic and a diabetes epidemic and now a dementia epidemic by accident? No. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in this culture have an APOE4 and they don't know they have it. So eating an anti-inflammatory diet for your particular APOE gene is super important. Wow. It just makes me think I could have avoided a whole lot of pain over the last many, many, many years had I known this sooner. Mm-hmm. So very interesting to know. Right. I'm glad to, to know that. Um, the good um, news, though, Leanne, is that it's never too early and it's never too late. <laughs> yes, that, that is very good right. news. I'm very excited to hear that. And I'm sure there are other people out there, too. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think uh, that is really blowing my mind absolutely <laughs> how simple if you can Leanne, focus on just um, four areas uh, and, and to me the most exciting part that um, Pam was that or Marianne go ahead Marianne I think it's Marianne I'll say what I was going to okay. say <laughs> um, I was just going to say that this is what's unique I think about a nurse run clinic um, what what Pam and Kim and I do is we help you not to feel overwhelmed with, mm-hmm. you know, eating, uh, eating an anti-inflammatory diet, uh, figuring out a way to, to... So we look at how are you currently living, what do you currently love to eat, and then how can we incorporate that? How can we tweak how, what you eat um, and make it healthier for you? to make it, mm-hmm. it, it a better environment. Um, it's, 
I, I often tell my patients, it's not the genes you inherit, it's the whole environment that you put them in that determines whether they turn on or off. And so that's where Pam has put together a plan for a gene-supportive environment. And um, a few years back, I had a patient who came, um, and he, he was having heart disease. And when I told him about this program, he just lit up. He said his whole life, he knew there had to be mm-hmm. a unique plan for him. And he totally, he survived heart disease that his cardiologist had basically told him he wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. so, so your genes, in just a matter of weeks, recognize um, this shift. And so it's very powerful, but it doesn't have to be overly complicated. And that's mm-hmm. where we come in to help people individually. Yeah, that's that's really what people like me really need is almost somebody that takes you by the hand step by step by step because the knowledge part I have, I just don't use it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's one of those things. So, Kim, you were you were about to say something too. Yeah, of course, Mary Ann uh, said uh, very similar to what I was going to mention. But what I wanted to make sure people understand, this is nursing. So this mm-hmm. is the biggest difference between medicine and disease care driven practice versus a nursing practice because we are looking at the whole picture and every situation is a little bit different. For example, I'll just share that I had three young women who were all trying to get pregnant and I'm so excited because they're all three pregnant, Mm -hmm. but each one we had to do a little different strategy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for one girl, her diet She just got off wheat and gluten, changed that inflammatory response, and then was able to get pregnant. For another one, we tested her hormones and had to, you know, help give a supplement to help balance her hormones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not a cookie-cutter approach where one diet fits all or one strategy fits all. You have to use an integrative approach and look at the whole picture and listen to what patients are telling you which is exactly what nurses are taught. So this goes back to the whole, and I want to get to it. It's been my dream idea that, you know, we could take over all the McDonald's and put in uh, APRN nurse or NP or whatever, nurse-led clinics at the community level where that clinic would not just take care of the patients coming through the door, but also looking at what does the community look at look like and how does it support health whether that's you know do we have mental health facilities easily available do people have jobs is there good grocery stores or or better yet even farms or or um uh, areas that people can grow food in etc so let's just pretend we're the three of us or four of us are on a corner i'm the patient you guys are working in this clinic that's totally led by nurses if i walk in what's it going to be like so um, maybe Kim starts and then Pam and yes. Marianne. Well, first of all, you know, we do a detailed history. And so, you know, that's the one thing that's, again, so important in our nurse-led clinics because it's not like a 10-minute history. We sit down, look at the whole picture. We do a history, you know, what's, what's your physical health like? What's your psychological and emotional health? You know, what talk about what's your family life, you know, what's happened to you in your life. 
so that we look at the whole picture. So it's a very detailed uh, intake so that we can get a picture of what's important from a body, mind, and spirit approach. Mm-hmm. Pam, what would it look like if I was seeing you? Or what would be the next step in my process? So the next step would be an evaluation of the genetics. And I want to tell a story because I think it may be um, important. So I had mm-hmm. a patient who came to me. He went to see his doctor in um, the next town over. He got a physical. He got some blood work done, and his cholesterol was high, but his insulin and his glucose were high also. And he said, I think you may have heart disease. So he went and got a heart scan, similar to what my husband got. Mm -hmm. The heart scan people encouraged him to get a full body scan, and he Mm -hmm. got fully evaluated. He had a little bit of heart disease, nothing else. But what Mm -hmm. freaked him out the most is that he was told he has pre-diabetes. And his friend said, you know, if you go to this other doctor in the next town over, she will put you on the keto diet and get rid of Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Well, he did it for 16 months straight until he got a belly pain, went back to his doctor in the other town. He did a CT scan within an hour and found out he had pancreatic cancer and liver cancer. And remember, he had a physical and a CT scan and a heart scan, which showed nothing. So this Mm -hmm. guy did a ketogenic diet. His daughter-in-law said, go see Pam McDonald. She'll give you answers. This man ended up being the worst 4-4 combination where he could not transport and clear fat and cholesterol. And what is the ketogenic diet? High fat. This guy got so sick in 16 months because he was on the wrong diet for his APOE gene. So this is a critical thing. When you go and you see somebody, you want to do something that's right for you, not for somebody else, not for your Mm -hmm. sister, your mother, your brother, your aunt, your friend. It's got to be right for you. Well, and so much has been focused on blood work. Um, and certainly we can tell a lot from those things, and those things can be very helpful in diagnosing too. But now that we have more tools, you know, we want people to be able to utilize those tools. And it seems like nursing may be going to that more than the doctors are. Uh, Marianne, yeah, would you like one to... Of the... oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Pam, go ahead. I'd like to say one thing diet. about the blood work, though, because most of the time, as Pam mentioned, only the standard lipid panel is assessed. Mm-hmm. That tells you nothing. That's like looking through a peephole at first base and trying to make a judgment on the whole field. So you've got to look at a full advanced lipid panel to be able to see those inflammation markers, insulin resistance, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So again, that's really critical. Okay, I think Pam, you were just finishing something. Yeah. Well, I, exactly what Kim said. There's a screening cholesterol test that looks at total cholesterol, total LDL, the bad cholesterol, total HDL, mm-hmm. the good, and triglycerides. But that's pot level. There's 13 different types of cholesterol, and most people don't get to see that. And that, mm-hmm. that is an important part. You can have a completely normal screening lipid panel, but the advanced panel can be completely abnormal and not even tell you what direction you're in. And this mm-hmm. is what, what we found when I looked for the answer for my own husband um, 
So that's, that's a critical piece. Yes, yes. And you don't even know you're missing it. So Marianne, exactly. pick up from there. Um, so looking at how you would be approached, I guess, uh, from a community lens, um, I think we all look at what are the resources within our community? Can we guide people to, um, this is a way you can get healthier um, organic vegetables, but at a lower cost, or maybe are grown right in your community and you're supporting um, those, those programs. So looking at what resources are around your community. But also, as COVID has shown, we do have communities that have, you know, it has shown the health disparities where people that live in more polluted communities, um, you know, have more inflammation and thus do worse when it comes to COVID, especially if they have this pro-inflammatory uh, APO4 aspect of, in their genes. Um, so we really do need to look at the full community and begin to take steps to help um, literally, I mean, I think one of the most important messages is to help people see that healthy people cannot live on an unhealthy planet. We are all interconnected. And so we need to look at, you know, the soil that our plants are grown in um, and how the food we're eating, you know, if, if you're eating poultry, how, how, are, how are they treated? Are they mm-hmm. giving massive amounts of antibiotics? All of these different issues that are large and within a community, um, you know, really, they're not being discussed as much as they should. And so helping people to see within my community, what are the, what are the risks and what are the benefits? Um, and so in your, in your idea of, yes, I'm totally for taking over the McDonald's and turning them <laughs> into nurse-run clinics. <laughs> I think that's a great vision. Um, and, and I believe that's, you know, nurses, like Kim has said, over and over, we look at the bigger picture and we look at you and how, how is your, um, like when you promote your health, how does that impact, you know, your children, the rest mm-hmm. of your family? Um, we know, I mean, um, you know, I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up in the South. And so my, my dad was a butcher, uh, so I joke that I ate enough red meat at the beginning of my life. I don't need any more, but, um, you know, it's hard to get my, my siblings to believe that. And so we, we really have to look at the cultural aspects and the social aspects as well of, of how we live our lives, how we eat, the food we choose. It's so broad and nurses are the ones that are educated to look at these broad questions um, and look at the full person. And that's why going to see a nurse uh, and helping nurses to be healthier so that we can then be models to take that out into the world is, is really where, where we should be headed. The good news is that so many more nurses are going into training that is APRN and NP and different ways um, that they can uh, learn the skills that they need in addition to our, our whole focus on health as nurses in general. Um, we can potentially have these um 
clinics within a, a community where the whole community is being looked at. And maybe even you don't have to spend as much money on diabetes if that community has more problems really with uh, cardiac problems or, you know, whatever else it might be, um, that the focus of the energy and the money could go to the issues that are most prominent in the community. Our time has come to an end. It's just not fair. (laughs) And I am so, so very grateful for all of you to be able to come. And uh, Kim Evans from the Institute uh, for Integrative Medicine, Pam McDonald, author of The Perfect Gene and founder of the Penscott Medical Corporation, and Marianne Osborne, owner of the Institute for Integral Health, for all of you being here today. Thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Leanne. It's been a pleasure. Great. I just wanted to end with some final words from my favorite poet, Daisaku Ikeda, who is a Japanese poet laureate of Japan and world peace leader for 74 years. And he says, words can be either the root of discord or a force for unity. They can be the instruments of plotting and intrigue or weapons for truth and wisdom. That is why it is so crucial to speak out ever more vigorously for what is right. And that's what you guys are doing. So until our next show, make it a great week and don't let anyone take it away. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.